Today I would like to begin a series of sermons entitled Wise Words from a Wild Wonder Worker. Just now the common lectionary is following the story of Jesus in the last two weeks of his life as that story comes to us from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, a lot of parables and proclamations from Jesus. I think we'll find while we're looking at the words of Jesus in this stretch of his life that he is tougher and blunter than we ever realized. There is both grace and gall in these stories. Um, So let me look with you, including today's passage from Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Jesus says, if another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have recaptured that one. But if you're not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be as to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven Whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Thanks be to God for God's holy word. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If another member of the church sins against you, says Jesus, go talk to him about it in private. If he doesn't listen to you, take two or three others and talk to him about it again. If he still doesn't listen, tell the church. And if that doesn't work excommunicate the bum. Now, this advice from Jesus might be a little rigid and uncompromising for 21st century tastes, but this is the gospel. This is good news. And I think that looked at from one way, Jesus' simple and transparent advice might be an apt antidote for us for the messy and unhelpful ways we tend to handle conflict in the church or at work or with our friends or even in our own families. Jesus says, if you are having trouble with someone you love, be direct, be private, tell the truth, and know when to quit. Be direct, says Jesus. Go Talk to the person. Don't write nasty letters. Have the courage of your convictions. If you can't say it face to face, don't say it at all. Episcopalian priest Barbara Brown Taylor says, because church people tend to think that they shouldn't have conflict, most of them are really bad at it. Many prefer writing long, single-spaced letters to the rector in lieu of direct confrontation. Some sit on their grievances with pained looks on their faces until internal combustion occurs and fire shoots out of their ears, while others simply vanish and months later write the church office asking that their names be removed from the church rolls. Yes? Church people are bad at fighting because they think they shouldn't, but of course they should. What makes us think 
we're different from every other human institution. Sometimes we wonder why Jesus made the church out of human beings until we stop to notice that that was the only raw materials there was for him to work with. If you have a problem with another church member or with the pastor or with your friend or with your mother-in-law, go see her. Don't sit down at your computer firing off nasty emails. You can fire off nasty emails to President Obama or Governor Quinn or the CEO of Comcast or the president of the bank because you likely don't know President Obama or Governor Quinn or that inept exec who slows your internet service down to a glacial pace so you can't download your cute cat videos any longer. Can you tell this is personal? But if you have access to someone, and likely you have access to the people who irritate you the most, you owe them the visit with them to do it face-to-face. How in the world did we ever come to think that Facebook was the proper forum for us to mediate our disputes with one another? Be direct, says Jesus. Don't use Facebook. That's not an exact translation, but it'll do. (laughs) Be direct. Also, be private. Go alone and in secret in somebody's living room, not even at Starbucks. Put a high fence around your trouble. In other words, don't talk about a person, talk to her. And I think maybe Jesus' perfect perfect advice here is an apt antidote to our gossipy world where all our dirty laundry gets aired in public. We have Twitter and Oprah and Jerry Springer and Entertainment Tonight and Access Hollywood and TMZ. And we love to manufacture all this artificial drama Even churches, like all human institutions, are little petri dishes for the cultivation of drama and dirt, right? Churches are fertile and fecund fields where foolishness flourishes. (laughs) I know it's so much less satisfying to talk to a person rather than about her, but that is Jesus' way. If you love somebody, you will be jealous of her reputation and keep your trouble to yourself. One man was minding his own business in his office at work one day when a colleague burst through a door. She is in a rage. Did you tell Joan that I was a witch, she thunders? The man is stunned. He's caught off guard. He doesn't know what to say. Finally, he blurts out, of course not. I would never say such a thing. I don't know how she found out. (laughs) The truth will out. You don't always need to be the messenger. Do you remember Father Flynn's little sermon from John Patrick Shanley's play and film, Doubt, in the film Philip Seymour Hoffman does a nice job of delivering Father Flynn's little sermon, which is directed straight at his antagonist, Sister Aloysius, who is played by Meryl Streep with the most perfect Brooklyn accent I have ever heard. And in his sermon, Father Flynn tells a little story. A woman was spreading some unconfirmed rumors, and she was feeling vaguely guilty about this, so she goes to confession with her priest. She says, Father, is spreading rumors a sin? And the priest says, to answer that question, I'm going to give you a little task. 
you go home and take a pillow to the top of your building and slice it open with a knife. So she goes home and takes a pillow to the top of her building and slices it open. And the next week she returns to confession. And the priest says, did you do what I asked, sister? And she said, yes, I did, father. And the priest says, what happened? She says, feathers, father, feathers everywhere. And father says, yes, feathers. Now what I want you to do is go back to the roof of your building and put all the feathers back where they came from. And she says, but father, I could never do that. I could never gather all the feathers back. And father Flynn says, hi, sister. And that is why spreading rumors is not pleasing in God's eye. So, Jesus tells us that when we have conflict with another, we must be direct, we must do it in private, and we must tell the truth. This might be difficult for both of us to to tell a difficult truth, but there often comes a time when we must tell another person that she is hurting us. We must speak the truth in love, as the Bible elsewhere puts it. And don't you see that even telling a difficult truth in love is a grace and a mercy? It is a testament to the strength of the relationship. It shows that we can trust this relationship to survive even a difficult truth. So Jesus says, be direct, be private, tell the truth, and finally, know when to quit. Know when to end a relationship. I'll be the first to admit that this Advice, this text has a rough and irritating surface that can be properly sanded off to suit modern sensibilities. Does this sound like Jesus? Excommunicate the scoundrel? Really? Whatever happened to a second chance? There are actually some people who think that Jesus didn't speak these words, but that actually the church added them into the proclamations of Jesus at a later date. Still, Don't you see that even here there is a grace in this knowing when to hold them and when to fold them? Some relationships are not meant to be. Some friendships are not meant to be. Life is too short for dysfunctional relationships. Be direct, be private, tell the truth, know when to give up. It's not perfect advice for the 21st century, It has a rigid and uncompromising edge to it. But I think if looked at one way, Jesus' advice might be apt antidote to the brutality of so much of our contemporary communication today. He counsels directness, honesty, intimacy, and transparency. And those are virtues which are sadly lacking from so much of our human communication these days. No whispers and secrets, says Jesus. That's my sermon title for this morning, Whispers and Secrets. The younger you are, the likelier you are to know that whisper and secret are new apps for your iPhone or your Droid. Joe preached a sermon about these earlier this year. With the secret and whisper apps, you can post anything you want to say, and everybody can read it, but nobody will know who sent it. You can whisper anything you want to say. It doesn't have to be nice. It doesn't even have to be true, because no one will know who sent it. Secret shares your secrets 
but cloaks your identity. Whisper is how we found out that Gwyneth Paltrow was cheating on that Coldplay guy. With whisper or secret, you can post, for example, I'm lonely, or I stole the last piece of pie from the office fridge. Sort of a modern-day virtual confessional booth. And like a Catholic priest, secret will die under torture before it reveals your identity. These are not bad technologies, but they're being misused. And the problem is that anonymity disinhibits our darker impulses. You can say anything you want to say if nobody can know who says it, right? Road rage is another example. If someone cuts you off in traffic, you can, in the privacy of your own automobile, turn the air blue with truck driver language you would never unleash in public. And when this anonymity happens on the internet, sociologists have a name for it. It is called the online disinhibition effect. Because it's not familiarity that breeds contempt. It is anonymity. Familiarity, in fact, diminishes contempt because few of us can sit in the same room with another human being and look her in the eye and reveal an undisguised contempt. But if nobody knows who we are, we can do anything we want. Robin Williams was the funniest man on the planet. Who knew that he was fighting these private demons inside for most of his life? Edgar Rosenberg was married to the funniest woman on the planet, and he took his own life too. In his tribute to Robin Williams in Time magazine, Richard Corliss pointed out that when we were sad, we had Robin Williams to cheer us up. But Robin Williams had no Robin Williams when he was sad. 2,000 years ago, the Jewish philosopher Philo of Alexandria said, Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. Yes. Did you hear the story of Jessica Cole from Greensboro, North Carolina? Ten years ago in 2004, Jessica Cole from Greensboro, North Carolina, was dying of brain cancer. And so the Make-A-Wish Foundation arranged for her to gain a final wish. And Jessica Cole's final wish was to meet Robin Williams. She was a huge fan of Mrs. Doubtfire. And so Make-A-Wish purchases an airline ticket for Jessica to fly to California to meet Mr. Williams at his home there. But when the day arrives, she's too sick to fly. So in secret... On his own, Mr. Williams charters a plane and flies to Greensboro, North Carolina and spends the whole day with Jessica. They watch football games, they talk, he does all his Mrs. Doubtfire antics and voices. And Jessica dies two months later. Jessica's father, Mark, says, Mr. Williams acted as if he'd known Jessica all his life. He was so much fun. And when he died, it was like reliving my daughter's death all over again. I think it might have been Jessica's father who told the story about this chartered airplane. 
He kept it secret for 10 years. He was not only a funny man, he was a great man. He was the real deal. Shortly after Mr. Williams died, someone tweeted his daughter Zelda a doctored photo of Mr. Williams with photoshopped bruises around his neck with the message, you see what your father did because of you? This is online disinhibition. This is anonymity breeding contempt. And I think Jesus' simple self-evident advice might be apt antidote to the brutality of such things. Be direct, stay private, tell the truth, know when to quit. Or as St. Paul puts it to the Church of Rome, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, and repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.